0: Welcome back to It's Haunted What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. I sat down with one of my favorite podcasters. Her name is Roz Dresviles. And if you've listened to the Ghosted podcast, then you will know exactly who she is. She is a wonderful queen based out of Los Angeles and her podcast is amazing. So we sat down and talked about a bunch of things related to the paranormal and ghost stories. And I think you're really going to enjoy this special bonus episode. So sit back, listen, and the audio is a little bit of a departure from what we're used to hearing on the show, but we will be back to our regular scheduled programming in the next episode. So thanks so much, you guys. I hope you enjoy this. So I would like to welcome to the show Roz from the Ghosted podcast. So Roz, tell us a little bit about yourself and the show.
1: Well, my name is Roz drez and I suppose I'm what many people refer to as a drag queen and stand-up comedian and actor, and I live in Los Angeles, California. And I have this podcast called Ghosted Explanation Point by Roz Strasviles, where I interview, you know, all kinds of my silly friends, my uh, comedian friends, drag queens, and actors, and just, you know, all kinds of Hollywood folk and showbiz folk that I love so much. And interesting enough, a lot of those people have had paranormal experiences of their own. So it's sort of like the old format of that TV show Celebrity Ghost Stories. But with some drag queen commentary thrown in so we have a good time a fun little sense of humor to the show but also it gets very spooky Mm -hmm. and I particularly am not an expert I know very little about the paranormal I just love hearing about it and as the podcast goes on I'm sort of shaping my beliefs of what is actually happening here and so I'm constantly learning every single day it's leading me down this path of being like obsessed with this stuff and especially being in quarantine I'm just like (laughs) I'm usually such a scaredy cat but I'm like I want to go anywhere right now so if it's like some old haunted asylum like sign me up I am there (laughs) I want to go any place and I just like am eager to get out there and do some paranormal investigating of my own. And I've just been spending my time reading books about the stuff. I just love it so much. So thanks for having me on.
0: For sure. I'm so excited. It's truly, truly an honor. I told you before I love your show and I love what you do and you bring such a fun kind of atmosphere to something that's supposed to be really scary. So that's great because I am the same way. I love being scared. Um, I love learning about anything supernatural and paranormal, which is why I kind of ventured into this field because I normally host a true crime podcast. And so I was like, I really want to do a paranormal one too. So I switched over to paranormal, and it has been so much fun. And I found your show kind of after I started listening to Ghost in the Burbs, and it was just really delightful and so funny. And I was super jealous that you had Cassandra Peterson on, and that was such a great episode, and her stories are so fantastic. So I was reading an article, several articles, on you in preparation for today, and I saw that you also like some of my favorite movies. So you kind of grew up with a Catholic upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so how did your family feel about you watching or liking The Exorcist?
1: It's so weird looking back because my family, it's hard to describe them. I, I mean, I'm in a relationship of the past six months now and he still has not met my parents, but I spent a lot of time explaining them. And he says a lot of like, but you know, like I thought they were like this, and the, but they do this and they do that. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, they're very complex people. And I, it's weird where they're um, more conservative and where they're not. But one of the things that for some weird reason, they knew that I was into spooky things and they let me watch scary movies. Mm-hmm. And I think some like The Exorcist in particular, I think I was about seven when I first saw it. And I oh do God. know, I do know that it was the TV edited version,
0: Oh okay. um,
1: which has very funny, you know, the,
0: yeah, the dubbing, the,
1: yes, the dubbing. Oh, my gosh, your mother darn socks and how yeah. I grew up with that version. And then I think I was probably about 13 when I saw the other version. But yeah, that one, Carrie, was one that I watched as a very young uh-huh. uh, child, and I did my own parody of it called Harry. I love that. Um, I saw a lot of those movies. I actually was just reflecting on, I saw the movie Scream right when it came out, oh, which yeah. was 96. And so I think I was about five or six years old when I saw it. My older sisters and everyone, the whole family got together to rent it and watch <laughs> it at home, and I yeah. was so scared. and. I made my mom take me to work with her the next day because oh my I was gosh. So afraid to be home with my sisters. <laughs> That's so cute. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've just, I've always been fascinated and I'm like such a huge horror buff mm-hmm. uh, to this day.
0: Yeah. So we had the same reaction. So I grew up in a Mexican family, Mexican Catholics, which are kind of a different breed of their own from just a regular old Catholic. But um, yeah. they, my grandma was like, you Because I was like, oh, my God, this movie is so awesome. And me and my mom both like are into horror, paranormal ghosts, whatever. So I went to I saw it with her first and I was probably maybe around 12 or 13 when I first saw it. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is the best scary movie ever. And my grandma was like, you can't watch that in my house because the devil's going to come and you're going to be possessed by the devil. Didn't you know there were people fainting in the theaters? And I was like, oh, my God, like (laughs) serious. It's going to be okay. But I love I that. I love that. I think that's probably kind of what lured me to it is because I kind of knew that history. My mom had told me about it. And so I was like, dang, I really, like I said, I love being scared. So I just was like, let's see what it's like. I can't wait to be scared. <laughs> and then yeah, I
1: I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, but it's just so interesting that the fear of the devil and demons that yeah. I experienced, like that still keeps me up at night yeah it's like, kind of interesting I love a slasher but slashers don't really keep me up at night the way that the thought of a demon yeah. being in my bedroom uh, does yes a hundred percent
0: and plus at least even though you don't practice you know how to kind of get rid of one I think that was part of our training as a Catholic is just to be like this is what you do if, if you see a demon because I remember like I learned that in catechism if like if you saw some evil spirit or something like you were to question it with Bible verses or something where you were to say, you know, start praying our father or something like that. And I was like, dude, I got this, even though I don't like practice or anything like that in terms of like a religion. I was like, I got this <laughs> if I ever that's, get like possessed or find a demon in my house.
1: <laughs> that's one of the realizations I came to on the podcast. A lot of my interviews, I'm figuring this stuff out as I'm speaking with mm-hmm. people and I, it, in a couple of conversations, I've come to that realization that, listen, if whatever your beliefs are, there seems to be energies in this world that are malicious. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they cannot stand anything to do with Christianity. Yeah. They don't like it. And in fact, it's it makes them run away.
0: <laughs> They're like, no, thank you. I got to go. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> the solicitation of it all. They're just like, I mm, no, thank you. Did you ever see The Others, the one with Nicole Kidman?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's an interesting twist.
0: I've had experiences with, like, a child ghost, and it's kind of been freaky. And now I'm hearing, you know, as I'm listening to more shows and stuff like that, there's this thing going around either on Reddit or in the podcast community and on Twitter that child spirits aren't really child spirits. They're, like, demons (laughs) trying to fool you so that you feel, like, at ease. So how would you feel if you had a child ghost in your house? I know that's... Which I think is rude, but...
1: They say that demons do that. Like, they're sort of impressionists. Mm -hmm. And they like to, through Ouija boards or something, pretend to be a loved one. And then eventually they, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, well, if you're my grandma, then where did you hide all the money? And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, you got me. Okay. I'm a demon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. an old demon. I don't necessarily know that I believe that. I bet you that there are demons that probably try it. They probably mm-hmm. try to be kids. But I think that, you know, if there can be adult ghosts, why can't there be children ghosts?
0: Correct. Uh, I agree. I'm like, sadly, there are children that die. And I think that especially them maybe have, you know, unfinished business that they, you know, or it was a traumatic death. I don't know, like whatever makes somebody a ghost. Um, Mm -hmm. I think applies across the ages, not necessarily at adult. They're not like, oh, you're 18, you can be a ghost. Sorry, if you're under 18, (laughs) you cannot be a ghost. (laughs) No, you have to be a demon.
1: (laughs) uh, That's another realization I came to on the podcast is that I think why children ghosts are so scary is because you know there are some predator animals that when they're little babies, they don't know how to control their attacks you know they they could attack you because they don't know any better and they Mm -hmm. sort of learn as they're older I don't know if that's true or not but I can understand that where a child doesn't quite know how to be a ghost they're just sort of like (laughs) like a puppy trying to learn how to haunt you (laughs) yeah exactly like they're not potty trained (laughs) yeah as ghosts, and so they're kind of I think that maybe they push boundaries or but also like let's be honest like children are creepy
0: they kind of are yeah and they i hate that thread on reddit where they're like my kid said and then they'll be like i saw you dead or something or whatever and i was like oh god no there's this kid i used to babysit who he was like three or four at the time and when i went to the house to go you know like watch him and stuff his mom was like so he thinks he's like some little Indian kid from India and he's talking about his family and he's like naming this kid is as white as bread. So, and he was like four. So there's no way that he had any idea like about India or like places in India or anything like that. And he was like, my brother, this, my sister, that, and we were here at the market and I miss them and I want to go back with my family. And he then started to realize, I think that we were kind of like either thinking he was joking or that we were a little afraid of what he was saying and so he stopped wanting to talk about it so we would ask him like how's your brother how's your sister and he'd be like i don't know i don't know and i'm like oh my gosh
1: (laughs) he knew he knew (laughs) that gives me reason to believe in reincarnation and you know, my theory for what a ghost is a lot of the, I mean, there's, I do believe that there are many ways someone can be a ghost, but mm-hmm. I think that being a ghost isn't always a good thing. And I think that you're not able to go to the next life. And I think it's very complex, <clears throat> but sometimes I think those, it's as if, it seems as if you, once you end this life, you go on to the next one. And sometimes, like with these children, you have memories of that last life, but other times, when you end this life, you, for whatever reason, are not able to accept it and go to the next one. I just hear so many stories that make me feel like that's the way it works. Yeah. But
0: I feel like it can't now. be like, you know, one way. It has to be. There's so many other options in regards to how things become paranormal, you know, because there's just such a wide range and we have no true understanding of it. Like, sure, we have like, you know, parapsychologists and demonologists and stuff like that, but that's kind of very specific. You know, you kind of find things all the time that you never knew about. Did you ever watch, like, MTV Fear?
1: Yeah!
0: (laughs) That was my jam back in the day. And I always wanted to be on it. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, what would I do if I was there? So that's the thing is like, I like being scared. And you like being scared. And you mentioned too that you like, I don't want to see a ghost or anything like that. But have you changed your mind a little bit? Or is that still the same, even after the show and kind of the stories you've heard?
1: I feel that if I'm seeking out a ghost, I want to see one. I just don't want to see a ghost hovering (laughs) over my bed one night. That's what I don't want. But if I'm going ghost hunting, yeah, I want to catch something. I want to see a ghost. But it's just those experiences that happen when you're least expecting it. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm not interested in.
0: So when I was younger, I don't know why I've always known about ghosts, but I have. And I've had, you know, several paranormal experiences, which has kind of led me down here and all very like nothing creepy in terms of like, oh, I saw this or something like that. Um, it's always been auditory type of stuff, like where I've heard knocks or I've heard like my grandfather who passed away, like I heard his walker and him calling my name. And I was like, mm, pretty sure he's not here anymore. So like things like that. But whenever people would pass away in my family or if I knew them, I'd be like, listen, I love you. I'd be at the gravesite and I'd be like, listen, I love you, but do not come to haunt me. Like, don't come over here and show me who you are. Like, it'll scare the crap out of me. I miss you. And I love you. But I don't want to see you like if you want to make a noise. Okay, fine. Or you want to come to me in my dream. Okay, fine. But do not show me who you are. Or like, I don't want to see your apparition or anything like that. And that still has not changed for me.
1: I kind of want those experiences. But I've had those conversations with a lot of people. And actually, when I started the podcast. It was just me interviewing people that I was personally friends with. Mm -hmm. And that was my final question to them was, if you die before me, will you come visit me? (laughs) When also sometimes I interview people I don't know. And they're like, of all the people I know, why would I visit (laughs) this silly drag queen that I met one time? But anyway, I do think I would like that experience. Because you said you saw your grandma, right? One time, Yeah. Yeah. I want them to know. Please don't scare me. Yeah. You know, like if you love me, you <laughs> you are welcome to come visit me and say hi. But don't scare me. Just like in life, don't like bang on my windows in the middle of the night. Right. Like if you want to come over, call me first and then come over. <laughs>
0: come to you in your dream. Be like tomorrow, round six. I'm probably gonna stop and be an apparition. So be prepared.
1: Yeah, I can't wait.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if it was planned and scheduled, I'd probably be okay with it. But oftentimes they're, you know, surprises, really, that's kind of what I think lures people into it or makes a story so interesting is that they're all surprises when people don't expect them, you know, they're not like, Oh, what's sitting around unless you're like doing I think a Ouija board session or something. Um, Have you used one before you did one, didn't you on the show?
1: I've done it many times, and for a long time, you know, I owned a haunted Ouija board that like kind of creeped me out for a while, yeah. and I I made like a really lazy vow to myself that I would never use one, and then that stopped once I started doing this podcast. Yeah, you're I need like just
0: kidding. You're <laughs> <laughs> like I need content, so I'm I willing need to, to be haunted.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we did a live show where we had one, but I didn't use it. We had audience members use it. And then I went to the Queen Mary in Long mm-hmm. Beach, California, and I stayed in the haunted room there. And they give you a Ouija board. Oh and so gosh. I was like, well, we're well, here. here. So, yeah, <laughs> Might as well. I tried and nothing happened.
0: So. Yeah, I but think you have was... to be in the right place for that in terms of like your energy or something to be open.
1: Yeah, you
0: know? definitely. Yeah. So I've obviously listened to your episodes and I remember at the live show you did, there was the haunted doll, you know, like the eBay haunted doll or whatever that you guys oh, had yeah. there. But I'm, I, that's probably one of my biggest fears. Like I don't have stuffed animals in my home Or any type of dolls. Like my nieces come over, and I'm like, "Nah, bro, you can't have that in here." Sorry, I'm like terrified of them because of something that happened that I can't remember if it was a dream or like a real life experience with a doll. And after that, I told my mom, "Was like, please throw this thing away. I don't want it. It came to life when I was awake, and I am scared of those now." So, how do you feel about like haunted objects like that? Because that's primarily what my show is about. Is It deals with, you know, like haunted objects so people who, you know, get Ouija boards or they pick up like random rings at the antique shop. And that's another thing people don't really realize is all of that stuff has, you know, residual energy from whoever it was. I am always like, I don't know how you don't expect this to be haunted. If, you know, you never know where it came from or you never know like how long, especially like super old antiquey things. How do you feel like truly about the haunted dolls? Like, do you think that they truly are inhabited? Because I've seen a couple of YouTube videos of this lady who's like records her dolls and stuff. And they have a whole (laughs) they have a whole thing (laughs) where they're alive. So do you think that that's like legit or do you think those are more like eh, make believe people?
1: No, I believe in that for sure. I don't like to think about it because. I am known as the Bargain Bin Beauty. Yes, you are. I shop almost exclusively secondhand. And everything I own has once been owned by somebody. And who knows, maybe they died using it or wearing it or whatever. So I hate thinking about that. But (laughs) I also buy a lot of really ugly, tacky things Mm -hmm. um, in my home. And so I feel like most of the things I own a ghost would not want to be a part of they're, they're like, like thank okay, you for
0: taking that i gotta go
1: thank you yeah <laughs> i definitely think it's real i think that there are a lot of people that of all the scams they figured that that would be the one for them mm-hmm. on eBay. ebay i think it's hilarious i love the backstories that yes the they're pretty hilarious with. and frankly i don't I choose to believe a lot of things, but a lot of those I do not believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the I believe in Annabelle. I believe in lots of these objects, and a lot of them seem to be very powerful and very scary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had I've told it quite a few times the story of my haunted Ouija board experience. I told it on the first episode of my podcast, mm-hmm. and that experience, which ended up not being I only had one really spooky experience connected to that, but it was basically just, you know, a a Ouija board that I bought from a Goodwill. And then as soon as I bought it, weird little things started happening around the house. And Mm. that is something I would love to never experience again. It could have been way worse, it wasn't too bad. But I think about the fact that that could happen a lot, and especially because I have an addiction to flea markets and yeah. antique stores and i just love that stuff and so even in quarantine i've like bought a number of like little things on ebay or etsy or whatever mm-hmm. they're like old antiquey things and oh, why are you no it's of? so
0: great you know what that's I, i'm the same way i love my mom's like super into the metaphysical and she's all about like oh things carry energy or whatever And I literally just sage everything that I get and that, you know, like clears that energy because I always say like, you know, thank you for this gift, I guess, if you will. And that I don't need the energy attached to this, that I want my own energy attached to it. And so I kind of release that energy. So if you sage or don't, you should. But if you um, have any sage, that's what you can do with your items. My mom says to always do it when there's a new moon. And then whenever you buy anything that's secondhand or, you know, even if it's a gift and stuff like that. So I make it a habit. I truly believe that like you, everybody that I've ever met, you know, is like, oh, you're an empath, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you really have to protect your energy. And so that's kind of the mindset I always have, especially when I meet new people because I'm an introvert anyway. So meeting people just like drains me most of the time. It's really important to me to kind of protect myself, so that means also protecting, you know, the place that I come home to, relax to, and feel safe in. So, yeah, everything gets sage.
1: Yeah, I need to do that more. I lived a majorly chaotic teens and early twenties, mm-hmm. and then I've like really cleaned up my act. But I feel like there's a part of me that's just like, I want to live on the edge, but not too crazy. <laughs> like that's how I've kind of always been, mm-hmm. and. I feel like there's like a part of me with like these objects where I'm like, I'm going to roll the dice. Maybe I'll get possessed. Maybe I won't. But you're right. It's irresponsible. I should probably. It really is.
0: You won't feel great once you are possessed, I promise you. And you'll end up on, you know, like Zach Bagan's show or something, you know, trying to get you exercised. He will. He'll yell at you. And he'll wear those glasses and (laughs) he means business when he's wearing them, you know, so. (laughs) Is there a subject you won't touch in terms of like creepy things on your show?
1: I like to stay in. I mean, is there a term for what I like to talk about, like in terms of paranormal, like I like to not necessarily get into cryptids or UFOs.
0: Oh yeah, I don't think that um, that's paranormal, really. I don't know.
1: But like the stuff that I like to talk about is, you know, ghosts, like mm-hmm. poltergeists, yeah. demons. Oh I wish know. there were
0: more poltergeist stories like that happened in this time frame. Yeah. Sorry for the person I, involved, but
1: <laughs> I need some entertainment. I know. I know. I find them so fascinating. They really are. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'd like to talk about. Mm. But in terms of that world, I mean, no, there's not really anything that I wouldn't talk about. Have you
0: heard of Black Eyed Kids? Yeah,
1: I've talked about that before. Mm. Uh, I haven't talked to anyone that has encountered them. but
0: mm. Yeah, I get a couple of stories submitted. I am never going to read a Black Eyed Kid story on my show ever in my life. Why is that? I'm so terrified of them. Like, I was listening to the Astonishing Legends, like, coverage of them, and I could not finish the episode because I was like, dude, I'm going to see these children. Like, they're just going to come up to my door and be like, can I come in? And, of course, I would not let you in. I would just be like, no. But now that you have, like, you know, this technology of, like, your ring, uh, doorbells and stuff like that, like, you can watch them. But I was like, there's no way. Once I see them and their eyes turn black and stuff, I'm, I'm done for. Like, I'm done. So I don't ever, I just don't want to invite that into my sphere, you know. Those are the things I don't know. Like the Dybbuk box, you know, like you can't really get rid of energy like that, I feel. So since those are kind of in the realm of like what I think would be cryptids, you know, because there's no true origin to them, right? They're not like past ghost kids or something who are coming to haunt you. Like they have some nefarious Uh thing about them. So. I couldn't get rid of you and I don't know anybody who could so things like that I'm like, "Mm." no, I don't want to invite you
1: you. to LA because in LA, nobody ever even knows their neighbors like nobody ever (laughs) knocks on your door (laughs) and so if somebody does, you know that something's wrong. You're like, what are you doing here?
0: Yes, I'll be like, are you a black eyed kid? Get out of here and they'll be like, oh, it's that crazy lady in apartment B. (laughs) are you ever thinking about going on YouTube or anything? I know you have a channel, but you don't post anything like ghost related or anything like that. So are you thinking about maybe moving and doing like a, or doing both?
1: Yeah, I definitely have considered, I mean, especially depending on how, how long until I can like, you know, be Be in studio. Well, but also like, being so much of my living and not just financially, but just what keeps me mm-hmm. <laughs> sane is performing in front of people. So that's always my preferred way of working mm-hmm. is with audiences. But if, you know, depending on how much longer that is, I have certainly been working on some ideas uh, for creating things that could be seen on uh, YouTube or various platforms yeah. I, I always want to film the interviews that I do mm-hmm. so maybe eventually we'll do that
0: yeah that would be dope I think that that would be so cool to kind of see that I mean because I watch both like I listen to podcasts and I watch YouTube a lot I would be down for that obviously I mean don't make it for me but I'm just saying like if you did <laughs> just shout me out every shot and be like
1: lady thank you so much and I'm just kidding. I definitely have thought about maybe doing a live show similar to the ones that I've done mm-hmm. in person in Los Angeles.
0: I could but, finally see one
1: <laughs> yeah, like quarantine edition um, <laughs> love yeah i I've, I've considered it i just I love being live in a room like okay, I come from theater and comedy venues, mm-hmm. and in those places they're live, and you sort of let your mind flow and you say all kinds of things, but it's not recorded.
0: Right. And
1: so when I think of being live and then it's recorded or people can record on their own, I don't love that mm. format because I, who knows what will come out of my mouth. <laughs> so I, I'm always kind of hesitant. I actually hosted a show that through a platform that I think might be associated with Twitch. Mm-hmm. It was called Live Me.
0: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah I, yeah.
1: I was hosting a show for like a month a couple of years ago at their studio. It was a really really cool fun experience, but it made me so nervous the thought of it being live like mm-hmm. that because so many people would be tuning in and it just makes me think about people that used to do like actual live television like how <laughs>
0: That is. no you would be great i think you are severely underestimating your talent in that arena here because i mean we don't have a format with how we're discussing things and you're very engaging and awesome so i think that that would be the case as well for any type of video live stream that you would do ross thank you so much again for being on the show with me i really 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 appreciate it it is truly an honor And where can people find you or the show and kind of tell us what's going on with you? I know you're in quarantine, but, you know, if there's any way that we can support you, please let us know.
1: Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's so nice to talk to humans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I appreciate it. Well, you could listen to Ghosted Explanation Point by Roz Dresvilez. Which we post new episodes every Thursday. And I've honestly been having a great time interviewing people from home. And so, we, I mean, we've had a lot of great recent episodes. We had Jack Osborne. Mm-hmm. We had Miss Phillips, Wendy mcclendon Cubby, Karen Kilgariff, all in quarantine. We've had these episodes. And I have some great ones coming up that I can't wait for. So, yeah, you can listen to that. An interesting mix of listeners sharing stories, as well as celebrities and psychics and quote-unquote experts. So, yeah, you can find that everywhere you get podcasts. And if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Roz Drezfeles. All Zs.
0: Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail dot com. If you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to leave a positive review on Apple Podcast or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod dot com. The official composer and creepy tune creator for the show is Nico at WeTalkOfDreams. Check him out on Twitter at WeTalkOfDreams or WeTalkOfDreams.com. Audio engineering is provided by the talented and yet spooky Chez from Grey Multimedia. Until next time.
1: Did you hear that?